This episode of the Duck Gun Podcast proudly brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels, the market's only double-walled, roto-molded dog crate, and a five-star crash test-rated kennel. These American-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty, and the guys over at Gunner Kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are, like dropping 4,000 pounds on it, hammering it with a 630-pound sled, tossing it off a 200-foot cliff, and shooting it with a 12-gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner Kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's weekly hunt update, we have ice, snow, and weather changes and missing hunts just by inches. So, quick word from our sponsors and we'll get right into the podcast. Hey guys, Tim from HTR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, check out our new HTR A-frame. Hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide, with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention? Our A-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on htrinnovations.com. Hey guys, another great company that we have partnered with is Sportsman Taxidermy. And we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago, so jump back, check that one out. Really great content there. Um, but they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at their shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, you can reach them at 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy at outlook.com. And did I mention, if you're not in the area, they also do shipping, so that's great. Be sure to check them out, guys. We'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks, silhouettes, and fully collapsible floater decoys. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable, and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls, which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls. Be sure to check out Bailey's Game Calls for your next duck or goose call. All right, I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Elliot, my co-host from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we're here for our weekly hunt update. We appreciate you guys tuning in, staying with us live. Um, a little update for those of you on iTunes and maybe the casual YouTube viewers. We've switched all of our live streams to Facebook um, because they actually perform better over there. And um, and so, so from now on, they'll be on Facebook. We'll have our guest on Facebook and our weekly hunt update on Facebook. Yep. So I guess let's jump right into... And I do want to say, if you're listening to this and, and you enjoy the content, please go on to iTunes and and give us a rating. 
Um, just take a second to do that. It would certainly help support us, and we'd really appreciate you guys. Doing it. Unless you hate us, which do not go and say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leave those one stars. We don't need yeah. any one stars. No, no. I'm probably gonna get more one stars than anything else. That I made that comment. Like those rascally little trolls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's let's go ahead and jump right into the hunt updates. I know that. <clears throat> excuse me. I know that you've been. Uh, having a lot of good success in Kansas and I've been doing pretty well in Indiana as well. So we got some hunts to go over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. So how many times do you end up hunting? I hunted, I had Monday off veterans day off. So uh, the stars all aligned because I was only going to hunt on Sunday. And then, um, I was talking to Josh from outdoor limits and cause he's been hunting a lot lately and he's got that, He's been hunting out a kayak. So I was like, why don't I just contact him and see um, if he ever wants to, you know, get together for get together for a hunt because he's been doing so much solo hunting. So I contacted him and he was like, Yeah, yeah, let's do it on Veterans Day. And I agreed to it because um, I'm like, man, I would love to go hunt with that guy. It's only two hours away. It'd be a great opportunity. It'd be cool to make a video with him in it and be in one of his videos. And he just seems like a cool guy. And then I got to just like this weight was laid on top of me because then I've got to work Tuesday. So if I had done that, I was going to hunt Sunday with my dad, Monday with Josh, and then work Tuesday and Wednesday, and then Wednesday night head out for a four-day three-hunt trip. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's too much. It's too much for me to have that kind of turnaround. And so I canceled the Monday hunt, um, which I wish I hadn't had to do that. I canceled the Monday hunt. Then I get a call from um, another friend of mine. And he's, he's like, I just shot my limit on Thursday. You want to come out with us Saturday morning? And I couldn't hunt Saturday because I had this obligation that my wife had decided I needed to go and do this thing, right? And she hardly ever says, hey, I need you to go do this on Saturdays. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. So I'm like, well, it's not till 12. I think I can get out for a couple of hours. Um, but I was kind of bummed because there's like so many mileage in the areas. And I was like, oh, it's going to be so hard to only go out for a couple hours. And the night before, she's like, oh, I got canceled. You're free to stay out however long you want. <laughs> I was like so excited because now I've got Saturday with uh, my friend Jason and his little kid Hunter all day Sunday with my dad and corn. And so um, then that gave me my Monday's day of rest, which I was totally ready to go into the work day today. So everything just worked out perfectly for me to hunt those two days. Saturday. And that was the longest winded answer to a question ever. <laughs> <laughs> so it was two days. <laughs> two days was the answer. <laughs> Got it. Sweet. All right. Well, I ended How up. How about hunting. you? Uh, let's see. Since I uh, the last podcast, I've hunted three days Saturday, Saturday, Monday, and Tuesday. Today. Okay. Oh, you went today. Okay. Yep. How are you holding up as far as sleep with all these early mornings? You just adjusting to it? Man, so. Honestly, I'm, I guess I'm adjusting to less sleep because before hunting season, like, uh, I mean, I would, I would struggle if I didn't get like seven hours and I'd be mm -hmm. like, Oh, you know, like, but like I'm going on like five multiple days in a row and, yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess I'm adjusting to, it. I mean, like, here's my, here's my schedule for coming into this, this work week. So, um, we're trying to figure out our plan for hunts and figure out what we could do. So Sunday night. Um, I go scouting, um, and I'm scouting out spots, making sure like that birds aren't roosting on ponds. So I'm, I'm going out like, you know, about five 30 until dark, um, 
scouting and then from there you know kind of determined that the spot we wanted to hunt Monday morning wasn't gonna wasn't gonna be a bust the place I was I was gonna scout for uh, I called off the hunt like we're not gonna hunt there and so then we got to continue scouting so Monday morning I go out you know before shooting light not even hunting obviously scouting so <laughs> it makes it not it feel as fun to wake up that early yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's part of the process. So go out to scout and then Tim goes out and scouts the place that we would have hunted Monday morning. So he's, he's scouting that I'm scouting our hunt for Tuesday now on Monday morning for Tuesday morning. And then, uh, you know, get into work and he decides we're going to hunt the place that we're going to hunt Monday morning, but Monday afternoon. So then we hunt that till, you know, dark. And then I got to come back in to the shop and, uh, unload the memory cards, recharge all the batteries so that we can hunt for the place that I scouted for Tuesday because it looked like an awesome hunt. <laughs> and so, you know, I get done at the office in time to come home to go to bed and get up at five to hunt, you know? <laughs> crazy. So yeah, it, it gets crazy. Not complaining. It's awesome, but it's, it's also, it's just crazy busy to be going in and out of stuff like that. How's your wife holding up to it? <laughs> well, well those, <laughs> those kind of days are not like when it's like back to back night and morning that doesn't happen very often and yeah. all the scouting all kind of piled in once because we have a ton of birds and it's just trying to figuring out what we need to hunt and how we need to hunt it and when we need to hunt it and you kind of got to get them when you can type deal so those mm-hmm. uh, yeah definitely i'm not a fan of having that much time go into it and i don't think she is as she is either but you know yeah. you get little spurts like that Sure, sure. Yeah. So that was uh, uh, to follow up your long-winded answer. There's my long-winded answer to <laughs> five hours of sleep, probably on most nights. <laughs> I'm doing better with lack of sleep than I only need about six, six and a half hours. So on a normal night, I'll go to bed about eleven thirty and get up at about six thirty. So I guess that's seven hours sleep. I guess. Huh. Huh. So I guess I need more thought, but I can go on five and a half, six hours, no problem. How many it's days just when, can you do it in a row? Well, on five, on five to six, I can do it almost indefinitely. There's been there's been uh, times in which I've just been in the mode of staying up late, where I I go months on five and a half, six hours sleep. So I must hit my my REM sleep pretty quickly. Mm. Um, but like on some of these hunts, when I'm traveling an hour to hunt and we're putting on boats on rivers and I want to make sure I'm beating people there, I'm getting up at two a.m. Is I try not to get up in the ones, but like I got up at. <laughs> I got up at one or two Oh five Saturday morning. So when I'm piling those days together, that's a whole different deal than getting up even at four, four thirty when you're getting up at two. Yeah. Yeah. We do yeah. a lot what of that. We do, do a lot bed? of, getting... um, still, if I'm getting up at two, I'm still only probably going to bed at 10, 10, 10 30. I just, I, I have the idea. Now, if it's the second day hunt, I'll go to bed earlier. Just that. Cause I can't not go to sleep. Yeah. But if it's just like that Saturday, I'll still go to bed 10, 10, 30, you know, get three, three and a half hours sleep. And mm-hmm. then it doesn't really hit me until I'm editing the next day. <clears throat> um, looking through the hunt videos that I'll just be like, okay, I'm I'll crash for a couple hours. Yeah. Mm. But I'm doing pretty well with it. I'm, I'm doing pretty well with it. <laughs> like I woke up Monday and I had a really bad dream, but I woke up on Monday at 530 and just got out of bed. Um, no did hunting you, just came out and started looking through video because I was just done. Did you sleeping. get a skunk? No, I, I didn't go out Monday. No, I mean, was that your bad dream? Oh, no, 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 that was not a bad dream. My <laughs> wife was totally 
um, shunning me for hours and hours in my sleep. <laughs> and she morphed into my ex-wife mid-dream. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. a rough one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I woke up like, ah, she doesn't love me. <laughs> all right. Well, now that the viewers are all caught up on our sleep schedules and, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, let's jump into the, the hunt. So um, I guess we'll go... Go ahead and, and and tell us about your first one. Well, you've got three hunts, right? Yep. All right, so go <laughs> hunt go one, every other? Then, tuck me in the middle. That would be five. All right, yep. We'll go every other then. Um, so first hunt was Saturday, um, and we had a nice hunt lined up. Tons of birds using this uh, pond. It's out in a cattle field, um, and it's one that we hunt regularly. Uh, we got a blind set up in there. And so, like I said, there's just tons of birds, ducks and geese using it. And so we're rearing to go, ready to go out there and get on these birds every day using it. We had them patterned very well. And so, you know, plan to go out there Saturday morning. We get out there and it, it and it was uh, me and my dad and Hunter. And Hunter's another one of the guys, HTR. So this is and, a Duck Gun Chronicles hunt or an HTR hunt? Uh, combo. Okay. So whose channel is it going on? Both. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it gets complicated, but both channels. <laughs> um, yeah. So we go out there and it's supposed to be, you know, pretty good conditions, getting colder, a little bit of snow and 20 mile per hour winds. And we get out to the pond and it's frozen <laughs> literally every single day. And we kind of held off one extra day to hunt it on Saturday. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, it was frozen. It was probably two thirds frozen. Um, and the, the farthest third corner was not frozen yet. So we had to kind of decide like, what are we going to do? Uh, we decided to break ice and hunt it. And, uh, so, you know, we get in there, kind of break up the slush and put our decoys over in that third. And the wind was going to bring them so that they'd be cutting across the pond towards that open spot and we'd get crossing shots at these birds. Um, so anyways, we get all set up in there. Uh, you know, it's like an hour before shooting light and it's just getting colder and windier and snowier. Really the first time I'd hunted in the cold all year. Um, you know, compared to this anyway, with, you know, it was in the single digits with, with the wind chill and, uh, yeah, but it was just the ice hole just kept closing up and closing up and closing up. And so it was probably about 30 minutes after first light, which these birds literally were in there at first light every day. And so I was getting worried. I'm like, dang it. These birds aren't, aren't going to be coming at all. And, <clears throat> and then we had a, a big wave come right over us and work the set. And, you know, they're working into it, circling, we're calling, they're circling, and they all fly off. <laughs> so, yeah. And you have three, like, there's, a, there's a fixed blind out there? Yep, there's a fixed blind out there. Yeah, so it was just like, man. Um, and that was like about 7.30, 30 minutes after shooting light. And we're like, we're not going to get anything today. After thinking, like, we're literally like, you, you have a hunt like this. And you're like counting your limits. You're like, how, how, get our limits. And and hopefully we get our goose limit too. And, <laughs> and then nothing. So they all fly off. And, um, you know, uh, we go and like this, the ice is still moving in. It's moving in on this corner. So we kind of get out there. We break up the ice again 
try to open up a hole. It's not really working. It's really slushy and ice sheet. And so we move decoys. We actually pull in a bunch of decoys so because there's less of a hole now. And uh, But anyways, we <coughs> man, this cough. <clears throat> uh, we keep hunting it, and we kind of hunt it all day. And it ended up really being a, a really cool hunt. Um, we had singles and, and doubles and uh, a couple big groups work in um, where we'd have like, you know, some just really cool, cool, uh, birds flying in there. Cause it just totally cupped in and mm-hmm. committed to that corner when they're doing it right. And the big groups weren't doing it, but <coughs> the small groups were, and, uh, you know, just ended up getting, getting five mallards. And, uh, my dad got his first mallard, <coughs> man. So the Excuse group me. took five mallards on the day. Yep. Five mallards on the day. Got a lot more work. <coughs> Yeah, uh, I'm going to need to get a drink here because I can't, apparently, <coughs> i got something going on. <coughs> we'll wait for you, it's all right. Sorry, folks, we'll probably edit this out, <laughs> <coughs> if I remember. So how many How many were yours? How many did you shoot? Well, like I said, they're all singles and doubles, so it's really hard to say on those, so... I know I got one for sure by myself and then split a couple. So I, I'd give myself, you know, the one and then split in two more. So when you, when you're um, keeping track of your, on your freelance hunt stats, how do you deal with those type of numbers? Um, I'd give them a, myself a split in those. So I'd give it the three. Okay. Okay. Count three. The, the way I've been doing it, because when we used to have um, on my Excel spreadsheet, I, we'd actually just put 0.5. Um, for a split but anymore if if i think i'd split i just give myself the full bird but then if i have two splits i give myself one so that that's the way i've been doing it there's no wrong way to do it but yeah um, that's i guess my I, thought would be the kind of thought process i had is if i was by myself <clears throat> would i uh you know count that as a bird or would i would i have got that bird mm-hmm. if i was by myself yeah there's no wrong way to do that. I'm just I'm used to the point five, so in my mind I'm still doing point five. Yeah, I mean I can see that too. But if you know if it's a split and you think, well, I hit that, I'm gonna count that as mine. Yeah, I mean there's like one we had one single come in and you know sometimes it just doesn't go right, and I think you know a couple of us shot three times and we're hitting this bird, but he's just you know kind of like limping out of there, and then he falls into yeah. the field past the pond. So yeah, yeah. Man, this cough, this cough got me a little sidetracked there. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, I said this cough got me a little sidetracked. Yeah. But anyways, to kind of finish off the hunt, you know, the most memorable part of it, it was just really cool to see Mallard's working in. We did have one big group come in, and mine and Hunter's gun both jammed on our first shot. So <laughs> that'll happen. Do you have um, a lot of jams with your with your Browning? Not not as much now. I had a, a little bit of an issue, but uh, just cleaned it out really, really well, and it's doing yeah. a lot better now. My I think the big key for me is not getting it wet because I, I, I had a waterproof case that wouldn't close, so it wasn't waterproof. My gun yeah. got wet all the time. Yeah, yeah. 
the last four or five hunts, my out my bread outliner's been really doing well. I'd been having some cycling issues on my second hunts where it'd get a little dirty on day one and then day two, it would always shoot the first shot, but not fully eject the second one. Or it'd fully eject the second one, but it would not quite um chamber the next one. But um I've kind of found if I spray it down i don't have to fully clean it if i spray it down and take a little scrub brush inside there it doesn't do that so it's been performing really well my, my nice. so, yeah to kind when of, that, when's that video come out from that hunt as soon as i can get it edited it's uh it's gonna be a little bit though i think do you have do you have some videos in queue right now i know you put out i just watched your most recent one with you and the htr guy out in that cool little woodland hole spot um, popping a couple wood ducks. I think you shot two, lost one. Yep. Yeah. So no, I don't have any in queue. That would have been the last one. I noticed on that <laughs> video that when you were shooting, Chief was or not? Yeah, uh, Chief was steady, and you weren't even having to say anything to him. Yeah, he's kind of picky on when he 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 decides when he wants to be steady and when he doesn't want to be. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I think that's pretty much all dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but I was impressed because he was kind of shuffling around. And shuffling around, but I mean, he wasn't going after you guys shot, and it not it wasn't it it didn't seem like you were you were really um, like if I'm in a situation like that with Izzy, typically I've got to remember to say stay stay stay, you know, as they're coming in, or even after I shoot. Well, after I shoot, it's okay if because normally I, I would I'm surprised you didn't send him on that that one by the way because she kept saying there's one down there's one down, but you never sent him. I could never I was, see it. Okay, well maybe he did though. You're probably right. He has better sight than me. That's for sure. Yeah. But anyway, I was impressed at how body language wise, he was having no problem not taking off on the shot. Mm. That was great. <laughs> yeah. well, so you don't say it uh, will be this hunt then. Yeah. What okay. was that? What was the question? I said, then your next video will be the hunt you just discussed. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I will say about it that uh, kind of going along with that, that line of chief Um we had him sitting in his mow marsh right in front of the permanent blind in the very front. And he is sneaky and he knows that if he sneaks out, like he can creep out without me hearing <laughs> that he can get out. So we had, uh, <laughs> I didn't even know this till later. So going back and looking at the footage and we had a, uh, solo work in our sat and it's swinging around. And I, and so I'm watching, I go back and watch the footage of, you know, want to see the kill shot. And Chief, he just kind of slowly creeps out of the blind and walks up to the top above the permanent blind and sits up on the top of the hill. And you can see him. He's sitting up there, and he sees the bird coming. He's, like, watching it. And the bird circles are set, and he turns around with it, and, like, he's sitting there watching it. And then the bird does another circle, comes right in, and we stand up out of the blind and take it. And, like, he's just sitting on the top of the hill watching this bird work the whole time. So, well, it's better to keep him up there than in that Momarsh blind. Yeah, I know. So... <laughs> How much does those cost? My my friend Jason's got one of those, and you've got one. How much does those cost? They're expensive. I can't remember now. More but, than a hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, screw it that. was. It's really really nice though. I, it's probably one of my favorite things I bought for waterfowling. It's definitely yeah. one of my favorite things. There's a few things where you buy it and they're real expensive, and I waited forever to buy one. Uh-huh. And I've I've wanted one since I've you know been hunting and hunting with Chief. Um, and I put it off, and I finally got one. And I will say, it is one of my favorite pieces of equipment for waterfowl hunting. Yeah. Is it collapse? Is it collapsible? Oh, yeah. It folds all the way down flat. Oh, my gosh. And then it, it the legs come out, and they telescope to get in 
deeper water oh, and the man. whole top comes and it folds out and it's got a supporting rod that you pull pull tight and Sounds clamp awesome. there it's awesome yeah they really did a really good job with it and like for me it's just like man chief knows where he needs to be and, and he wants to be in it and it's just like once i get him in there he stays way better instead of like kind of wanting wanting to wander around and yeah 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 we need to contact them and have them on <laughs> yeah that's uh hopefully that's in the works <laughs> yeah that'd be interesting okay so my, my first time right yeah let's jump to that all right so i thought i was gonna i was only gonna be able to go out until about 9 30 or 10 but i got the green light for the whole day so i'm going out with jason and hunter and if you watch um my freelance um youtube channel i did a little turkey hunting series this last spring called hunter the turkey slayer where i had these videos that my friend jason shot of his little kid shooting turkeys and Jason, uh, I had a snow goose video last year that Aiden and Jason went on together where they killed like 62, 65 snow geese or something. And Jason was kind of the orchestrator of that hunt too. So Jason has never been on one of my actual videos that I've been in, but we text back and forth a lot. We hunt the same areas. It's just, he kind of has his side group and I've got my side group and we never actually hunt together very much. But um, the place where we're going is kind of his his honey hole and i've hunted it before several times before i even knew him but it's so much kind of his place that if i was going to go back to it even though it's private or even though it's public i would probably ask permission um which we should have a show about etiquette and those types of things like when you go when when someone introduces you to a location that kind of thing uh, but this place is he hunts it so frequently and i hunt it so seldomly that if if i was going to go in there i'd probably call him um, so anyway, we had to, we had, he's got an outboard, um, boat and we've got to go down this river channel and we've got to get out, walk through the woods about 70 yards. And then there's this little timber hole in there. And this timber hole is, it's as this little hole is as Arkansas looking as what you're going to get that I've, that I've got in my possession as far as hunting holes. And he had just shot his limit on this place Thursday. Now the temperature was going to get down to about 15 and this was the first cold day of the year. So when you get in Kansas, when you get these kind of temperatures at this time, it's really hard to tell what's going to be iced up. What's not going to be iced up. I've got a video last year, exact same temperatures where I shot my limit and there was very little ice on where I was hunting. So it's just hard to tell as we're coming up the river channel, the river's all smoking from steam. I'm like, okay, I, th I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay in this in this hole so we get back in there and just like your situation it's iced up right um but it's extremely thin ice and so we decide that if we've got a couple options here we've got the timber hole but then out beyond the timber hole is a cove on the main lake both of which are jam full of smartweed and but he you know he had just shot his limit there all the aiden had scouted it a couple days earlier and this hole is where all the mallards had been wanting to go so we decide, okay, we're just going to bust up this ice because it's really easy to bust up and we're going to set out decoys, which was not very smart on our part. So, um, we decided to do that. And when the sun comes up and we see the birds working, like within 15 minutes, we know, okay, the birds are landing out in the cove. They're not landing here. We can tell it's going to be a bad day if we stay in this spot. But, you know, that, that kind of ice, it's the worst kind of ice. It's easy to break, but it's almost impossible to clear out, um, even with a rake which I did last year, but then people say use it. Even with a rake, this kind of ice is just so difficult to get rid of. 
And from the air, it's got to just look terrible. This whole So within, like I said, 15, 20 minutes, we decide we've got to move now um, and, and move to this other spot. So we packed up everything, pulled through the trees. But now we're, we're going through knee-deep um, flooded timber with sporadic logs um, that you trip over and skim ice. And luckily, Jason's about 10 years younger than me. So he's leading the way, luckily, because we're pulling sleds and we got all our crap. But it's just really really difficult walking and i've got my shotgun i cannot let my shotgun get in the water because my bread outlander if it gets in the water at all on a cold day it's locked it's it's going to be almost unusable for the rest of the day so physically from going from timberhole to cove even though it was only a couple hundred yards was really really difficult so we finally get out into the out of the trees into the clearing and it's about uh, thigh deep water, a little bit above thigh deep water. Um, and smart weed, but out about 200 yards beyond there, the mallards are just pouring in. I mean, pouring in, pouring in, but that where that's actually refuge. So we were bumped right up against the refuge. Mm. Uh, so, and we don't really have, I mean, the smart weed wasn't thick enough to really get great, great cover. So we set up and really tough conditions because we're almost to our waist in water we got two sleds full of all our crap um we're not really hidden very well and so um i'm just my gopro is not working because it's too cold and i didn't get the little warmer thing on it and i'm starting to feel really frustrated at this point um just because things aren't i don't think we can pull them in because we're not hidden enough even though there's tons of birds i'm feeling i'm starting to feel frustrated and um and Jason and Hunter are taking shots that I probably don't want to take. Uh, they're not, they're not sky busters, but they're just taking shots that, especially in smart weed where there's no real open water, you know, I, I just don't want to lose all those birds and I don't want to have a, you know, go like, you know, three for 12 or something like that. So, but we do have green wings coming in and Jason and Hunter are shooting a few green wings, but the mallards don't want to look at us. So we get to talk and I was like, let's just back up another 20 yards, get closer to this timber and see if we can actually get the mallards closer. So, because now we've got more smart weed, thicker smart weed, some timber, a little better hide, um, but we're farther away from where the birds actually want to be. But as soon as we made this change, the mallards started working. Now they weren't, they were not were like working right into the decoys. In fact, the shots that I was started shooting a little farther than what I even normally shoot, but it's still only, you know, between 30 and, in the 30 to 40 yard range um, was kind of where our shots ended up being. And it was really cool because the, the wind was actually right in our face, but it worked really, really well because 200 yards out downwind of us, you've got loads of mallards and you've got a, a fairly stiff wind. So the, so birds that wanted to go to the other group, they'd swing over the timber drop to about 30 yards right over our decoys and just there they weren't going to land but they were looking but they were going to go down with the other ones so they would sweep around behind that timber coast over us and that's where we were that's where we were picking them off um so we ended up uh i think one away from our limit i mean little hunter's only 10 and this kid i'm telling you this kid is a trooper he was standing in waist deep water because he's only 10 right with just his gun. I mean, anytime you're just holding a gun in waist deep water, that's uncomfortable. It's like 20 degrees out. He's not complaining. He's not whining. 
and he's knocking down some shots. I mean, his shooting percentage is probably in the 20s or 30s, but he's 10 in, in waist deep water, shooting 30, 35 yard shots with a 20 gauge, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I ended up with five Mallard Drakes and a Widgeon Drake. Jason actually, he just got to popping the green rings right away. And I was probably regretting it because he filled his green wing limit really quickly, which was nice because then he just picked up the camera and was just filming. And so I didn't, the GoPro got almost nothing, but Jason did an awesome job of filming. And this video actually posted it yesterday on YouTube. So it's up and ready to go. It's called, um, I think I just labeled it Mallards or here come the Mallards or something. So we ended up one, one bird shy of our limit because we actually did still have to leave by like 1030 because Jason had to be somewhere. But it was a really fun day. And this place we were hunting is so far off the beaten track. It felt like we were just miles away from any other soul. I mean, we had this whole place to ourselves. So really, really enjoyable day. I wish we had gotten these, if I could get back in there with my layout blind, I would be shooting uh mallards right, right over the spinner, I assume, but <laughs> still really, really fun day. And yeah. The, I watched that video. It looked, it looked really cool. Um, for sure. <laughs> Tons yeah. of mallards too. Like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only thing about that video that annoyed me is I was I was going out to eat with my wife and I didn't proof it one more time and there's I don't know if you noticed there's like a couple weird little glitchy things where the the that really bugged the crap out of me that I didn't catch but my my Panasonic camera which is my cheaper of my two it's about a five hundred dollar camera um, I'm having some issues with some of the clips and tweaking I don't know whether it's the memory card or what you like try to view it and it like skips and you can huh. see it in that video. On the intro, it does it once real quick. And then in the video, it does it two times where a clip just kind of skips, skips, skips. Mm. Um, and I didn't catch that. And man, I don't know why I haven't even rewatched that video because it's so stupid that those two little skips annoy me so much. <laughs> but it's a good video. I mean, it's it's doing really, really well in the views. It's the uh, views that's doing the best any video has done out of my since probably all duck season. So nice. It's doing well. Yeah, the video, I think that I'm real happy with the video. It turned out well, I think. Got good kill shots on there, and oh, the yeah. was fun. And Hunter's a little stud, so it, yeah, I'm, I was happy. Just ate those mallards tonight on Philly. Uh, my my wife baked and made them with like Philly cheesesteak. Oh mm -hmm. man, it was so they have consumed. Awesome. So that was so that. I, all right, I guess uh, let's jump to this. My second one, uh, second hunt for me. Uh, was monday so like i said previously in this i think yeah in this podcast um we were scouting a place for monday panned out that we didn't want to hunt it there monday morning um what happened with that pond same thing it froze all the way except for um maybe like a 70 yard hole on the far northeast corner i think um yeah northwest corner so anyways everything froze up besides that and same thing we had uh, a bunch of geese maybe like 400 geese using this this pond every day um and we wanted to hunt it so when i went to scout it it froze up and they started just it just changes the pattern this big weather yeah. change has yeah. mixed everything up we have tons of birds but all of a sudden we can't hunt them because we don't have them pattern anymore. So we sat not to do more in a row where you have them locked up and ready and just the ice kills you. Oh yeah. If, if we would have kept the same temperature for two days in a row, it, this is like the story of our season. No joke. Yeah. Like 
yeah. where we we're, we're missing things by like a hair and it's just honestly it's a really really frustrating oh i bet oh my gosh. um it's just like everything over and over just by a hair we're missing it so anyways we uh actually tim made the call to hunt that in the afternoon i was unsure i'm like i don't know um i you know looking at it and scouting it and having all the information from a week back I didn't know what to say, like what, when to hunt it, how to hunt it. It's just, just because of the weather changed. So he made the call. We're going to hunt it Monday afternoon. Um, and honestly, I'm like, well, you know, I, I love going out to hunt, so I'm not going to complain, but I have no idea how this hunt's going to go. I, I don't have mm. high expectations and I've had high expectations for a ton of hunts before. So I'm just like, we're going to go. It's going to be fun, but I don't have really big expectations for how the hunt's going to go. So, um, you know, we go out there, we set up in uh, one of the HDR A-frames right there in the cattails. Um, and it's so hidden. It's perfect. Um, just sitting right there in the cattails. Like, I walked up to it. He had actually set it up um, before I got there. And so I get there in the A-frame set up. I can barely even see it, like, walking up to it. <laughs> Couldn't nice. see where it was at. Um, anyway, so we get up set up in there. And we're just thinking it's going to be a goose hunt. Because we know there's ducks using this pond, but by far there's more geese using it than anything else um in the hundreds so we set up in the a-frame about noon and we're waiting for the geese to come you know and it turns into this all afternoon hunt and so um first thing we have i'm trying to think of the order but um we had three geese work in and we popped those. He actually had two geese working in before we got there, and he was setting up the A-frame. We drove separately, me and Hunter, and met him there. Uh, he had two geese work into 20 yards of the A-frame while he's brushing it in. He's on the other side of it. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, his gun was able to get shots off at him, or the gun was inside the A-frame? <laughs> he couldn't. He couldn't grab his gun in time. Oh. So. <laughs> what a good um, sign. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good sign. Good sign when you have birds landing that close to you. And so we get there and we get all set up and we have three work in and I mean, they got so close to the A-frame. Uh, what happened was, so with that wind, with the hole in the, the ice, we had no option but to hunt it on that side. Uh, and it's a big pond, so it was the wrong wind uh-huh. where they'd either have to land like almost crossing but away. And so these geese landed and they kind of like maple leafed in there and came right in. And then at the last second, they tucked towards the ice and away from us. Uh-huh. So we had our whole setup there. And I mean, but they're 70 yards out. So um, <laughs> nothing you can really do about that. But <clears throat> they actually swim, swim in towards our set. And Tim calls our shots. And <laughs> uh, he let these geese, I think, you know, kind of just to see like how close they'd get. And they got, I mean five yards from the a-frame i've never <laughs> been so close to a goose in my life and were, and, you, videoing? were you videoing this yep yep and you got them all real close right there yeah they literally awesome. swam right up and they're honking and chief's in the mo marsh right next to the a-frame and finally he can't take anymore he goes and like barks at these geese and, <laughs> and that was our sign to all stand up and and uh you know not yeah knock the geese down so <laughs> but like the whole time i'm like oh, when are we gonna shoot these like what the heck I, but uh <laughs> well, i can't wait to see that yeah so it's pretty funny they swam right all the way in there um yeah and this video will be up on the hgr uh water valve youtube channel and when, what do you have a date on that like approximate so. well 
for them, I still got to edit the ice hole hunt and then that one. And yeah, so I don't know, maybe a week out. Okay. So when this comes out, it'll be a little less than that. What's today? Tuesday, Friday. So yeah, uh, about a half a week from when this comes out would be my estimate. Uh, so yeah, so we get some geese, um, and like, it was so weird the way the ducks would work in. So ended up, that was the only geese we got. Um, (laughs) man. yeah. And so I don't know, man, I'd be losing my mind. You're handling this better (laughs) than I would. Well, the cool part was we got a bunch of bonus ducks. So we're set up there for geese. No duck, no duck decoys at all. And, um, the way they'd work, they worked right over top of our head and just literally like skyrocketed. And some of them actually circled in, um, right into us. Uh, but yeah, we had, uh, I shot a green wing till, uh, first one I shot all season. We've only had blue wings so far. Um, and I shot my full limit of mallards. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually went seven for seven on the day. Uh, shot one goose and then I split on another on the second goose. Hunter was actually holding the DSLR when we shot the three geese. Uh-huh. So me and Tim both shot one and then we split in the second one. He was he's fast on the draw, so he he shot it and then you know I followed up and and he followed up again and we split that one. Uh, but yeah, and the crazy thing is, so on ammo we had this conversation uh, in our last last podcast with Slade Northwest or for you guys that'll be the next podcast with Slade Northwest where he talked about his ammo size. He's always shooting threes and fours. And I'm, I'm kind of similar to that. Uh, the, the lowest I've really gone is twos, but last year I bought a box of double B's three and a half inch and I didn't really use them. So I'm like, well, this is going to be an all goose hunt. I'm going to throw those in there and, you know, just give them a whirl three and a half inch double B's. And I went seven for seven. I hit it. I shot a till with double B's. I hit my mallards. I shot my first triple of the season on mallards. Nice. (laughs) Using the double B's. I'm like, what is going on? So, (laughs) well, you're out of your slump officially after that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that helped my slump, but yeah, it was just, it was so much fun. I had so much fun finally Uh, after a lot of, uh, after you had the slump. Yeah. After having the slump, after having, you know, unsuccessful hunt after unsuccessful hunt, just, missing everything by a hair um and then you know being able to get these birds working in there and you know and we shot all drakes uh how many many miles did you guys end up with oh i think we ended up with uh 10 mallards one till and three geese and it was three of us that's great yeah it was it was a good hunt you know i have not seen any instagram pictures of that uh i i did a couple instagram stories of it um, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll go. I I still I'm uh, so behind on everything from like getting stuff off cameras because I gotta I gotta edit for myself. I gotta edit for them, and yeah. I'm still on the ice hole hunt and <laughs> didn't get into that one. So sometimes my Instagram pictures get delayed a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, good deal. So, that yeah. sounds, sounds fun. Yeah, it was a great hunt. And uh, like again, I have to say, like I really like man. It's just so much fun hunting out of that a frame because they. When you get that much cover, it looks like you're just part of the cattails. And we could just stand up. I mean, we have birds like within 10 yards so many times. Hmm. Now, is there, do you have to set the dog outside the A frame or is there a bottom panel they can peek out of? You, I mean, if you're in water like that, you probably don't want to have them stand in the water. I know from my experience with Chief, he doesn't like to just be in the water. He likes to be dry. And that's why the Momar is like. 
on a, on, the, on the dry ground. Oh yeah, on dry land you could you could just let them like stick their head out of the side of it. Um, it's got side panels on each side that open, so you could just let them stick their head out on either side. But as far they have to be able to see. A dog needs to see, or mm-hmm. they're not content. Mm-hmm. So you so can do you, just do you put pre- them in there. Do you pre? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Grass. It's not necessarily grass. Brush. Brush those before going out. We, it depends on the hunt. It depends like if you're going to be able to match. A lot of times we do have, I mean, cause you use the same cover. So what we'll do is we'll take them off and just roll them up with whatever brush we got in there. And so uh-huh. if we're going to the cattails, that was actually a fresh cover. Um, and so we just put all, actually Tim did it. Um, we helped a little bit when we got there, but he had it done where he just got all the cattails right in the brush, uh, right in the stubble straps. And so you can, you can brush it in every time, but I mean, you might as well leave something and then kind of match it. Like if you got tall grass, you're hunting in tall grass and you go to a cornfield, you know, throw, leave that tall grass and then add the corn stubble in there. Or if you got some tall grass, cause it a little bit falls out every time. So then you can add your cattails to the tall grass or whatever. How long does it take to brush? <laughs> About 20 minutes, 30 minutes? depends how many people you have um but yeah it just depends how thorough you're gonna be i mean we go all out so it can't take longer than that okay okay i mean you we probably overdo it but i mean honestly you can't can't overdo it when you're brushing you can underdo it (laughs) yeah yeah, we we don't underdo it we'll say that putting a base of raffia on it might be worthwhile because like that's what we do with our um h12s i've got a nice base of raffia on it and then when and then um, when I'm out in the field, whatever vegetation's there, whether it's smart weed or whatever, then I pile it on top to match the color to it. But it, but because I have that raffia base, I think it cuts down on what I have to do. When yeah, I'm I'd there. say the the only downfall to pre-brushing it is depending on your situation, depending on the number of people you have, it makes the cover way heavier to carry. If uh-huh. you have like a ton of tall wet grass, yeah, you have this thing pre pre brushed um if you're in the right situation it's great to have it saves all the time you pull it out in a field on a sled or you know whatever you're gonna do uh but like if you're just carrying it in yourself or you just got two guys you probably don't want it pre-brushed or you don't want to overbrush maybe a little bit of a base um yeah and then just take the time to brush it in when you get there it'll be way easier than carrying it with all that extra weight you guys are i've never hunted an a-frame um, and I'm excited to, to do so, but those of you that are listening, if you're, if you're wanting to try a frames are kind of the, like the new sexy way to waterfowl hunt. Uh, it's kind of, it's really coming. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's been people who have been doing it for a while, but it's really trending. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah. It's the new cool way to do it. And, uh, I mean, it's successful too. That's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people are having such good success. So, I mean, why lay down on the ground when you can sit on a marsh stool or a bucket inside of a you know a pile of brush essentially and just stand up and shoot your birds it's just you guys definitely if you're looking for that uh eight frame need to check out htr innovations and um grab one from them and you know another thing is uh, another one of our sponsors is lightsol and they've got a a lantern called the quadrant now you've got a quadrant don't you jordan yep have you used that much yet? Oh yeah, I've used it. Um, you know, I haven't had it for a long time, but uh, I've definitely used it, and it's it's got some powerful lights. And one of the, the probably the coolest part about it is that 
Um, it has four sections of light, which just allows you to see in all directions. So it's perfect for, you know, if you're going out camping or setting up and you just want to yeah. set it somewhere and give kind of a, a good light of your surrounding area. Yeah, and it's an LED lantern. It's adjustable brightness also, and it goes up to 2,000 lumens. And and so you've got these four LED panels all around it, and you can turn any of them on or off. So you can have one section on, two, three, four, um, hence the quad um, quadrant. But I, I, what I was thinking with that um, A-frame is, you know, the HDR has that gun stand, right? If you have the gun stand out there, you can put that in the ground, hang that quadrant on it, to ha- as you're working around the A-frame and, and you've got your headlamp on, which lights all is an awesome headlamp too. But I, I think that would be a cool way to use that quadrant um, is, is when you're brushing like that. Cause it's just so bright. Yeah. It's, yeah. Definitely would make your uh, setup a little bit easier. Yeah. And, and lights all has this really cool give back um, program going on around Thanksgiving that you get 45% discount site-wide on black friday and then on thanksgiving weekend 10 percent of every sale will be donated to food banks which are fighting hunger from the 23rd to the 26th so every single purchase you make from lights all um, is going to give five meals to those in need so i love having lights as a sponsor and i've had them actually as, as a sponsor for a while i worked with them and i love their products because it's just so solid but then you add in the fact that you're you know helping feed the hungry around thanksgiving it's a great opportunity. Great opportunity. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So let's go into my second, my second hunt. Um, so this is actually is Izzy's comeback hunt. And if, you, if you're not aware, if you don't watch my YouTube videos, Isabel is my 11 year old yellow lab and first hunt of the year. Teal season hunt number one, she tore AC, ACL, um, had the surgery done and everything. And they said, well, I think she can hunt um, mid November. So my, my date, that I was going to start hunter was the 16th of November. That was like my idea of when I was going to do it. Well, um, it, I made a strategic decision to start it a little bit early because she's been doing really well. She still limps a little bit, but I'm not sure she'll ever not limp. Honestly, I think she may always gimp just a little bit, but so Saturday morning or take that Friday night before my last hunt that I just talked about earlier. Um, I got out all my hunting clothes and I always lay them out in the front room so that I don't wake up my wife while I'm getting dressed and i've been doing so much hunting out west where i'm camping i haven't really gone through this process much with her and when she knows i'm getting out my hunting clothes she is like oh my gosh she knows we're going hunting so i got all my hunting clothes out and laid them out in the front room and izzy decides she's gonna sleep right by my hunting clothes she's like because normally she sleeps with my son nevin and i tried to take her to bed she wouldn't go she wouldn't go i'm like oh crap she's like i'm sleeping by your hunting clothes buddy and um you're not leaving me this time right and so I, my alarm clock was set for 205 on on Saturday morning. And Izzy's at my door at 145 whining. And I'm thinking, oh, she's got to go to the bathroom. No, she doesn't. Her, her internal hunt clock went off and she's whining at 145 at my door. You know, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. So I get up <laughs> and I'm trying to not act excited at all. I'm like, no, Izzy, you're not going, you're not going, you're not going. You know, she's sitting there the whole time just like putting on the charm to go hunting. I'm like, ah, so I walked out of the house, just really bummed out. She made me feel, she guilted me so hard. (laughs) I couldn't, but I got thinking, I was like, okay, the next day we're hunting a pond. And the vet told me that she can do, um, you know, swimming retrieves are really low impact versus what we've been hunting in, which is like shin deep water where the dogs 
can't run through it, but they can't swim. So they actually have to uh, project off their back legs and kind of hop through the water a little bit, which would be the worst type of retrieve Izzy has to go on. So corn got access to actually his corn's father-in-law uh, has this property with this big pond on it. And corn has been saying, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to talk to the farmer. I'm going to go scout it for like two years now. So I get a call from him on Saturday and he's like, I went out and scouted it. It is loaded with ducks and geese. So let's go hunt it Sunday. Um, so I'm like, great. It's private. We can get up late. We can stroll right in there. I'm like, this is a perfect opportunity to take Izzy because She's just walking in there with me. It's not a long walk. She's sitting with me by the tree and then she can do um, water retrieves, swim water retrieves. And I'm and candy. My dad's dog's there. So she, she can do as few as I is, you know, she does one and she's acting really like it hurts and that's all she does. So I'm like, all right, this is a perfect opportunity to take her out. So the whole video is, is about Izzy's comeback, Izzy's return, um, which this video will post on Thursday. It's actually completely done and up on um, YouTube unlisted and, and ready to roll. So it'll be uh, out when this podcast comes out. Yeah. When is this one coming out? Friday. Yeah, yeah. This will be, yeah, it comes out Thursday. So we get out there, um, corn, my dad and myself, Izzy and Candy, um, Sunday morning. We only, we roll in there an hour before shooting time, which is unheard of for us. Just awesome. Get to sleep in. And as soon as we pull it out of the truck, we hear the honking, hear the honking. I'm like, okay, this, this is going to be, this is going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. So we, we, we get in there and this is the first opportunity that I had to use my white rock. Um, I've been using the white rock mallard floaters, the pool seven and the nomads. Um, but this was the first time I was going to get a chance to use the socks and silhouettes. Cause when corn scouted, he could actually see the geese littered on the shoreline. So I'm like, awesome. Great. Can't wait to use these. So we were sitting under these trees. We had about five or six dozen. I didn't bring them all, but about five or six dozen of my white rock socks and silhouettes laying all beside us and everything. I mean, it just looked sweet. Um, and as the sun came up, um, the mallards would fly around, but I mean, they absolutely did not want to have anything to do with this. And I know we were hidden. I mean, we were completely under the trees. Now there was no wind at this point in time. And, but I mean, they just, they weren't even really acting like, it's not like they were circling and, and really interest. They would just kind of circle the pond at about 70 yards and then not come in. Um, so I'm like, oh man, and we go through about 30 minutes of this and we haven't even seen any geese cause we had kicked them all off coming in there, um, in the morning. So finally here comes this single goose, you know, feet down, just coasting through. And, uh, my dad's not shooting cause he just doesn't really shoot much anymore. Um, he just likes to watch and hang out and film and I've got the video camera in my hand. So I'm like, okay, I've got it right on it. This thing coasts right down in and. Corn goes over three on it, just whiff, whiff, whiff. <laughs> and I'm giving him a hard time, and it really cracks me up in the video. I start giving him a hard time. He's like, what are you talking about? I watched your video last week. Shut up, which my video last week was how to suck at duck hunting. So I thought that was pretty funny. So anyway, I'm like, okay, I know we know if the geese show up, they're going to do it. Um, <clears throat> because it's a pretty good indicator. When you get the first goose just coasting right down, and you know you're going to get more opportunities. So over the course of the next couple of hours, um, we had – not, not a ton of birds come in, but um, we had the next group. We had four geese coast right in. We killed three of those. Um, then we had a couple singles, couple pairs, and we shot really well. We ended up with um, seven geese, and we probably only could have had nine um, because when we shot eight, we actually lost a goose, which is so weird. Um, <laughs> the first four came in. We knocked 
three of them down. One was one was still alive on the opposite end of the pond. It's a pretty big pond. And it was just working the shoreline. And it kept working down the shoreline. There's trees and flooded stuff. And we Jeff went one direction um, on the pond, and I went the other. And we met in the middle. And that, we just never could find it. I don't know whether it got out on the bank and somehow like waddled out into a field, I'm assuming, or something. Um, I think they, I think they dive like ducks do too, and you can lose them that way. I can't imagine that that, that <coughs> used to dive and hold on and kill itself, though. I mean, I don't know. Could I? I don't know. It was just weird. It was just gone. So, and actually, I, I forgot to say, I lost my first duck of the season on Saturday. I lost a green wing teal. So I had been really wanting to go all year without losing a bird. I lost that, and then we split on that goose because um, we didn't know who shot it four came in and three are dead and we we're just unloading so i knew i had killed one that i identified with that one i don't i don't know so i actually lost a goose and a green wing on the weekend which really pissed me off but so we dropped eight geese um we collected seven of them and corn missed that on so even if we had everything had gone perfect we only could have shot nine or ten uh, but the thing is I mean, right now we don't hardly have any geese around. I'm sure these are probably local geese that don't even migrate. So, and when, and when corn talked to the farmer, he's like, this place is loaded with birds during the winter. So when the geese actually, and we can hunt this thing pretty much whenever we want, when the geese get here in force, as long as this place doesn't lock up, it is going to be, I mean, we're going to have some fantastic hunts at this place, but we still hadn't shot any, we still hadn't shot any ducks. So right at about 10 o'clock, um, all of a sudden we've got three ducks at coast in, but they're, they're not landing right in the decoys. Even the geese weren't, they were landing at about 30 to 35, just outside the decoys, more on the open water. It was a little farther than what I have liked, but we were killing everything. So these three mallards come right in we kill those like literally, um, the dogs were still retrieving birds and two more came in mallards killed those. And then about three minutes later, two more came in, killed. So we killed all our seven mallards within about a 10 minute period of time. Um, so we ended up with seven mallard drakes, seven um, Canada's. And I think we shot six, six drakes. I'm sorry, six drakes and one hen. And then we ended up shot shooting two bufflehead hens. So it was a nice day. We were out there until about noon. Um, and my dad didn't even shoot. So it was, I think Jeff ended up with one more goose than I did. Um, but it, it was a fun day and that, and we're going to actually, he's going to scout that again tomorrow and, um, hopefully they'll be back in there. It's weather coming in and, and we're going to hit it again, um, this weekend as well. It's just, we just don't hardly ever hunt private and having a place like that, that's so easy. Um, and I wouldn't want to hunt it like that every time. Cause it's fun when it's hard and it's fun getting back in there and getting gritty, but having a place you can just coast up to. And sit there and and wake up late and have a great hunt, man. <laughs> fantastic place to have. Just awesome. So. Yeah, I saw the pictures from that one. It looks like I haven't I haven't seen the the video yet, but it looked like uh, you guys really put a smack down on them. Yeah, I'm really happy. With the video. <laughs> um, I mean, when you get big geese coasting down the decoys, that's pretty easy to film. <laughs> yeah, it's not like yep. teal. It's not like teal. So. Um, um, my dad was doing the film and he did a good job. Um, so I'm, I, I really like the video. I really, I'm really can't wait for it to come out. Cause I think it's good. It's, and, and in the video, one more thing, we're probably going long on this, but, um, the, 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 I couldn't get the decoys out far enough because of this, the depth of the water. 
And mm-hmm. I got so tired of him. I'm like, screw it. I don't care. I'm throwing him out farther and I'll deal with it later. Cause I, <laughs> they were too close to the shore. So I just start chucking him out there. And, I, and as the hunt goes on, I'm like, Oh man, what was I thinking? This was so <laughs> Cause it's not that it was that deep, but it was like squishy mud that you sink into. Right. Yeah. So hunts over and I got to retrieve all these decoys. And I mean the water, I got it done. But there was one time water was barely coming in. And I bet you that when I was out there getting them, the water was within a half an inch of just flooding into my waders. But luckily, I was able to to get those, get all the decoys back, put together back. We got them safe and sound. But I really, those white rock decoys, I think they did awesome. And I'm not much of a goose caller, but having all those five dozen all around us, it looked cool. I tell you, I I really liked it. Nice. Yep, those are that's uh the kind of hunt you you, you dream of. <laughs> we are going to shoot multiple limits of geese on this pond this year. I pr- I guarantee it. I guarantee it. And probably ducks too. I think we will probably end up with a couple of hunts that we limit on both mallards and geese. And I've never done that. I've never shot a goose and a mallard limit on the same day. Um, yeah, but I've I, never done I, that. I think it's going to happen this year. This place is that good. I think. Nice. So, I'll be I'll be looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you got one more hunt. Yep. Um, yeah. So Tuesday, Tuesday hunt, I scouted out for, I scouted out on Monday. Um, on our Saturday hunt, we saw when this pond was frozen up that they were dropping back into the woods into another pond out on this farm. And I mean, they're dropping out there in force. So um, we kind of talked about it. Hey, we need to scout this out. They normally don't use that pond, but since the other ones froze up, this seems like their go-to. So I go scout it out Monday morning, and I'm out there first light, standing in the woods, and it's just like groups of five and six, uh, group after group, just dumping right into the back corner of this pond. And so when I got out there, the rest of that pond had frozen up, and then this back pond was actually froze as well all the way except for this back section, just from the weather we'd been having. So that's Monday. So that's yesterday. <clears throat> and so, um, yeah, I'm like, this is going to be money. Like, I literally, I stood out there for, you know, 20 minutes, and I probably saw 60 ducks work in this pond all back into this back pocket. And when I when I left, there's still more birds in the air f- circling around. So that's the first 30 minutes of light. I'm like, this is going to be like, we're again counting limits like this is gonna be awesome like (laughs) and never count your limits before you hunt so (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure so we get out there um and the weather like the weather from monday to tuesday like on monday in the afternoon it warmed up to about 40 and then it was getting back to 29 at night so we assumed it was going to be at least i did that it was going to be pretty similar conditions we get out there and things just thawed out so much on Monday. And that pond wasn't actually frozen. The other pond was not frozen all the way. And this pond wasn't frozen at all. And it's so... It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like a two degree difference. Yeah. And nothing's frozen. Um, and so where they were dropping, where it scouted, they're not dropping in that area. So there wasn't near as many birds using it because everything else opened up too. So now instead of all the birds kind of concentrated this one this one uh, pond and this pond had a creek on that side that was the reason that it was the only thing open was a, a little creek flowed into the, the end of that pond so like I said not it's not frozen the birds didn't end up working out there 
And so I was actually able to shoot um, a green head and uh, a drake wood duck as well. So, I mean, it wasn't like a complete loss. You know, I got a couple ducks out of it. But like, like I said, we're, we're counting, like if we were there on Monday, it would have been limits. So it's like, yeah. uh, man, like, uh, it's, it's becoming of, unbelievable. Oh yeah. It's just crazy. The amount of bad luck that we can have. And it's just like, you try so hard to do, <clears throat> you know, the safe thing or the, the right thing. And we go out there and scout. And if yeah. we just would have gone out there and hunted it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so it just kind of, yeah, but you always need to scout. It's just sometimes it feels like yeah. I had this gut feeling. That we but sometimes, you know, I mean, sometimes you just got to go to a place, you know, it's good. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Like that where I shot five or how to suck at duck hunting. You know, I mean, I guess Aiden had been out there three or four days before, but we may go back and hunt that this weekend. If we do, it's going to be unscouted just because I know there's birds in the area. I know the habitat's good. I know sometimes you just got to pull the trigger and go. Yeah. Yeah. It's 50 50 whether that works or not. But it seems like. Well, yeah. and some of it is just, is just his, his story of knowing, yeah, knowing, that that, a lot too. knowing how much hunting pressure there's been in there, you know, that, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd say the coolest part about the hunt. So I probably took <clears throat> towards the end of the hunt, you know, getting a little frustrated that things didn't go out as well as they could. I, I had, Two mallards come in, um, and they landed maybe like 35, 40 yards out. Uh-huh. And, you know, they're sitting on the water, and I turn to aim at them, and they see us, and they pick up. And so, you know, I take my three shots at them and knock one of them down. But uh-huh. it was, you know, it was a little bit out of range. So this bird isn't dead at all. You know, it's it's down, winged or whatever. And I'm like, dang it, I'm going to lose this bird. And I go, like, sprinting through the brush after it to get over down towards the pond. And it's just gone. It's gone. Like, I can't see it anywhere. <laughs> so, um, you know, I get Chief, and we work over that side. And, like, it's so amazing how mallards or just, you know, birds in general can just tuck up into weeds, and you'll never see them. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> and I never would have seen this bird. Um, just tucked up right against the pond edge in the tall weeds. And I'm literally, like, three feet from it. Don't see it. And Chief flushes it out of there. And, you know it's still alive and it's a swimmer and he's swimming and diving and swimming and diving and, and swimming. And finally chief grabs it. And you know, whenever that happens, you get real excited that your dog works a bird and grabs it. So that was, that was the exciting part. (coughs) Excuse me. And, uh, you know, he actually did that. We had two mallards over there and they're both, uh, crippled and he found them both the same way. Flushed them out. We wouldn't have found them. That's great. Uh, so yeah, I love that kind of stuff. That's yeah. uh, you know, when you get your dog working on stuff like that. So mm-hmm. speaking of dogs, I guess I didn't even tell about Izzy did on the hunt. I didn't tell her retrieving one, did I? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, get the update so, on that. Yeah. So you know, she hates. She doesn't like retrieving geese, right? I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Um, but her first retrieve, we dropped these uh, three geese down, and she went. Well, Candy got the clo- closer one. And the one that was still alive was going down the bank. So there's another one that's a little bit farther. And she went all the way out there. And I'm like, what's she going to do? What's she going to do? And, man, she she must have been really dying to hunt. She grabbed that thing and brought it all the way back. And and just in time for Candy to give her goose up to my dad. And then, oh, my gosh, I was so mad. I edited, that, I edited this out of the video because I was so mad and screaming. <laughs> Candy goes out there and steals the goose from her. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Your triumphant retrieve. 
from coming back off her injury. She doesn't like retrieving geese, and that stupid candy goes out there and steals the steals the goose from her. actually <laughs> knocked the goose out of her mouth. Oh, and wow. then Izzy just starts coming back, and then Candy leaves it there. <laughs> I wanted to kill that dog. <laughs> but right after that, like like um, <laughs> my dad sent candy for that back out for that one, and two more geese come in, and I killed one right there. And Izzy went and got that one, brought that one back in. So it was, I was quickly um, okay with that. Then she she retrieved a third goose, um, and then as she was no no the next two geese she didn't really want to get in the she didn't really really want to go do it. So I didn't push her to do it. And then when we started shooting the ducks. She retrieved a couple of them. And it seemed like she was swimming really slow. So I'm like, okay, no more. You're done. You're done. You're done. So the last three or four retrieves was just candies. Cause I just did, I didn't want to push it, but she did awesome. She did awesome. It was a very triumphant return. Awesome. So I was looking at my free, freelance hunt stats um, data. And if you guys want to log all your hunt information, you can do that at freelance hunt stats. But it was a pretty good weekend for the freelance hunt stats community. The hunts logged. Um, 4.52 birds per hunt was the average. Um, and people didn't hardly lose anything on those hunts. There was 0. 0.4, well, I guess actually 0. 0.4 is quite a bit. That's like 40% of the hunts. Might, <laughs> yeah, 0. 0.4 is terrible. Um, <laughs> but they, you know, 4.52 average for the weekend, pretty good. People were shooting a lot of, there was not a lot of geese shot, but there was 18. In fact, it looks like I was the only person to shoot geese. Um, there was 18 white fronts shot this weekend, 46 mallard drakes. So, but my geese should be in there. Mm, what was the date? I've got it yesterday, uh, ninth and the 12th. Huh. Yesterday, I wonder if I have this filtered wrong because it's not showing, it's only showing three candidates. I'll have to, I'll have to go and check maybe my filters. Hmm. Maybe okay. maybe the global excludes me when I filter hmm. by the global. Maybe it's my personal versus everyone else's. Because how many geese did you shoot? Three. Okay, and that's what's in there right now. So it, it may be that it excludes me. My personal stats are um, two hunts, 13 harvested. I shot 53.5 this weekend, so that was a little better. I had been shooting down in the 40s. I shot... Actually, uh, Sunday I shot really well. I was seven for twelve, um, so went well. Went well. Nice. Yeah, I'm trying to filter mine. Um, what? Okay. Let's do the eighth to the thirteenth and see what that changes on the filter on the global. As far as it's showing five geese, if I if I filter it like that, I think it probably excludes. So if you filter on, on hunt stats, you can check and see just the general stats for everyone combined. And it probably just excludes you from that and just shows everyone else is my guess. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So, hmm, yeah, I don't have my last hunt in there yet, but. Uh, I did pretty good for my personal stats. Have harvest per hunt was at five. Um, it'll be down from that though once I add the next hunt, and then total harvest ten, so it'll be twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, one triple, one double. Uh, shooting percentage uh, was seventy one percent on the week. Right. So yeah, can't complain about that. Yeah, yeah, good week. 
Yeah. Even though it could have been so much better from what you guys had scouted, but still. Yeah. So. No, I'm not complaining. It's up, but not, you know. We'll, we'll get uh, we'll get more birds coming in here this the rest yeah. of the season for sure. I'm I'm hoping I need to do my migration report for you. I'm hoping all these birds stick here. I think that they will. I don't think the pressure was on them that great, and I know two or three spots that I <coughs> don't think have been hunted very hard. So we're gonna get out about three times this next week, and fingers crossed these birds hold and they're not into night feeding patterns and real stale because we've got still lots of real cold, more cold air coming in. So. I think this next week is still going to be good. But I, I can say that I'm having the best year of my life. Last year was the best year of my life. And now I'm smashing last year. Mm. Um, I've just never had I've never had a year this this good. I mean, in 12 hunts, I'm averaging 5.2. And my lifetime average is 2.7. So I'm doubling um, what I normally do. Mm. So, that, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hope that it <clears throat> a pattern and not just an anomaly, but I, there's no way I can keep this kind of success up. It's just, there's just no what's, way. What's your total harvest so far? 63. Hmm. So the most good. waterfowl I've ever shot is 92, which was last year. I got about 20 or I got about 18 hunts left about. So, I mean, if I average just a couple birds a hunt for that, I'll hit a hundred and I've never hit, I've never hit a hundred. Nice. So I'm at 32 harvest. Yeah, that's about normally what I would be at at this time of year. About about that, I average about seventy ducks a seventy ducks a year. About nice. So. All right. Well, I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up. I appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, sorry about the coughing. I don't know what's going on. I got a little <laughs> bit of junk going on in my throat. That's probably a little bit too much information. But <laughs> uh, thanks again for tuning in. Um, make sure you do us a favor and give us a review over at iTunes. Um, and yeah, we'll be back at it next week with another hunt review. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys next time.